Hello and welcome to Marysville Church of Christ podcast. This is Under Attack, and my name's Bishop Darby. I'll be your host today. Last week we left off having given a study of an overview of Satan. And we realize the true power that he has, not only over the spiritual realm, but what happens here on earth. We considered his power, being able to do things like control nations and powers, illnesses, and even death. And it's easy to, when considering what we're up against, to feel hopeless, helpless. But we're neither of those things. See, you and I were made at the very onset of our creation to be warrior kings and queens, rulers of this cosmos under the banner of God. Designed not only to rule over any problem that this earth could give us, but designed to be players in the spiritual conflict that rages through the, through the cosmos. This responsibility we squandered relatively quickly. In fact, we still squander it with pretty much daily consistency. But that doesn't change the fact that we weren't we were made in the image of God. God being the ultimate source of power, we were made in the ultimate source of power. With all of authority, we were made in the likeness of all authority. God, King of kings, Lord of lords, created us not only to be his sons and daughters, but to be his co-heirs and rulers, to be something special and different. The problem now is that we as a church have gone completely radio silent in the spiritual realm. We no longer engage in spiritual conflict. We're no longer fighting under the banner of God. We're, for the most part, non-entities. And that's why we feel so helpless. That's why we feel like the world and the, and the spiritual war is so out of our hands. Because we've given up so much of our control over it. But today I want us to learn a simple tool to take back a lot of control. And I want to do so by asking you to engage in a thought exercise with me. Now, admittedly, this is going to be a little heady. So put on your thought thinking caps and let's see if we can uh, unpack some meaning here. Let's start with this. Consider your moment right now, the moment you're in. Consider the moment you're in. Consider how you got here. The reality is, you made a variety of choices over the course of your life, over the course of the last week, over the course of the last day, and even over the course of the last few minutes that led you directly to this spot, this moment, this place. And not only that, but you came to this moment with memories and thoughts and feelings and emotions that were dictated by your previous decisions. But not just your decisions, right? Maybe you have a spouse or kids, and maybe just moments before you turned on this podcast, you were frustrated or angry with them because of decisions they were making. Maybe you came to this podcast not only impacted by your decisions, but this moment, the present that you're in right now, has been shaped by other people's choices. In fact, I would argue that there are even people that we can't, can, that we can't even possibly remember who have shaped this moment. Things that have happened to us years ago, months ago, that are impacting this present moment. Their choices shaping ours right now. And not only has our choices led us to this moment, other people's choices have led us to this moment, but God has led us to this moment. 
Right now, in this present situation, God is working non-coercively to help shape good out of this moment, giving us opportunities and options to make this present moment a blessing. So, our present, where we are now, is shaped by our past decisions, other people's past decisions, God's influence, but also Satan's, right? For the same in the same way that God right now in this present moment is trying to turn good, is trying to work good and light into this moment. Satan is trying to work darkness from it. He's involved in this present moment. Right now, you probably thought that you're just sitting and doing dishes or driving to work. Right now, you probably thought the moment you're in right now, this present reality is unimportant, unspecial. But when you begin to consider that you are actually existing in the center of a matrix of choices, of free moral agents, when you consider the fact that you are sitting at the epicenter of God and Satan working in this present moment, you realize that there is no such thing as an insignificant moment in your life. Because in every moment, Satan and God, angels and demons, people and you are all working in the present changing and shaping what the future will be. Imagine just for a moment, imagine just for a moment how much power that gives you. Your decision will either justify, rectify, or further damage other people's. Let's say that you came into this moment by the negative choices of people around you. You could choose to perpetuate the negativity. You could choose, like them, their decisions, giving their decisions more power and credence over you and over the world. Or you could push back against those, and despite the circumstances that other people have put you in, you could choose happiness and light and be a light that changes the outcome of their choices. Likewise, you could succumb to what Satan is doing in your life. You could give in to the temptations and the way he's trying to warp this present moment. Giving the kingdom of darkness the upper hand in the moment, in the present. Or you could let God guide this moment and give the kingdom of heaven this present moment as a victory to him. Each moment we're alive, second by second, we are engaged in a matrix of spiritual warfare, fighting desperately over your next choice. Your next choice. The epicenter of the spiritual conflict. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting that all of our choices matter to some degree. And all of our choices have an impact. To put it this way, let's say at any given moment you have 10 things you could do, of which I think sometimes it's infinitely more. You have 10 things you could do in the present. And let's say maybe one, two, or three of them are highly godly, very spiritual, that you know will net a positive gain. Maybe it's an action of mercy or compassion. Maybe it's an action of love. Maybe it's you going out of your way in the present to do something for someone else. Things that are intrinsically good. Those, let's call them the best options. One, two, or three of the ten possibilities. The best options and the most righteous options. On the opposite end of the spectrum, let's assume that there are one, two, or three 
intrinsically bad options. Let's say you're sitting right now in the present moment and your coworker or your spouse or your child is annoying you. And right now, there are a variety of options. The positive options are things like treat them with compassion, overlook it, don't let it get under your skin, treat them with love and respect. And then you have the bottom three options, which are like ball up your fist and hit them, scream at them, insult them, demean them, express your frustration at them. Obviously, we can see in, the, in those examples that three of them are going to help the kingdom of God. Three of them are going to hurt the kingdom of God. Three of them are clearly under uh, divine influence, and three of them are clearly under demonic influence. But there are also, you know, four, five, six choices in the middle there that are neutral. Neither helping the kingdom of God nor helping the kingdom of darkness, just removing you from the fight. The problem is most of our life we spend in the middle. Very seldom do we go above and beyond doing the, the most holy things in any given moment. Very seldom do we choose to go out of our way to help the kingdom of light by doing those top three options. And, for the most part, very seldom do we go out, our, out of our way to do the most demonic things in any given moment. But by sitting in the middle... By remaining neutral, we've completely neutered our power, surrendered this moment, this present, refusing to bring kingdom light into it, and it remains in, in present darkness. See, one thing we have to realize is that all of our decisions have a cosmic influence and power. All of them shape what the next moment will bring. If we were to choose one of the three godly options in any given moment, then that means the next situation starts in kingdom light. The next situation we have has already been influenced by our present lightness, which means it's going to be easier and more effective to do another good thing. Eventually, the light will build moment to moment to moment, passing from one present to the next present to the next present to the next present, until eventually we are radiating light to the world and making a big kingdom impact. Moment by moment, following God's will and shining light into dark situations. If we choose what's right in any given moment, trying to find, even in the smallest thing, what is most holy, then we are, we are shining a beacon into the future by which we can walk closer to God. But the flip side is also true. If we continually choose the evil, then the next situation starts more in darkness. And then the situation after that, more in darkness. And we're shining shadow into the future. What you're choosing now really does matter because it shapes what the next moment will be, not only for you, but for others. These options that lie before you, the 10 options or whatever it is in your given context, they matter. And I know our tendency, I know our temptation is just to remain in the middle and do nothing, but by doing nothing, we are perpetuating the losing war. So choose God. Choose the best next thing. This idea is not only on a big scale, but on a small scale. Consider how even the most basic of decisions are impacted by this mindset. I have a high blood pressure because of a genetic heart condition. Let's say I walk into the kitchen and I'm hungry. And there, li there lies my favorite Carolina Nashville, or excuse me, Carolina barbecue chips. And beside that lays an apple. 
Well, it doesn't take a moral theologian nor an ethics professor to know which is the right decision for me. And no matter what I do, I'm affecting something, right? If I grab the apple, I sate my hunger, and I provide myself nutrients. That is a good decision. Creating a better next moment. In the next moment, I'll feel awake and energized, having been sated, but also more nutritiously filled. On the flip side, I could grab a handful of chips, and in the next moment, feel not sated, have my heart race a little bit harder, know that my sodium's out of whack, and put myself at risk. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that in that moment there was a right decision and a wrong decision. There was also probably other right decisions, right? I didn't have to eat an apple. I could have reached in the pantry and, and grabbed a, a low-calorie granola bar or gotten a yogurt out of the fridge. Likewise, there was probably other bad decisions. I could have grabbed a scoop of ice cream. I could have stolen some of my brother's Halloween candy. But in that moment, there was right decisions and wrong decisions. And what I choose is going to affect what happens next. If we can understand that in something so small as dietary habits, shouldn't we also understand that spiritually? Even the smallest spiritual decision we make can have lasting impact and ramifications. Start exerting your will again. In this present moment, ask yourself, God, what do you want me to do right now? And choose the most godly actions, setting up your next present moment in more light. Taking away the power of Satan and the, his power of darkness. Because, let's be honest, Satan's held a vice grip on this earth for too long. And it's time we start taking it back from him. You and me, kings and queens, let's conquer this present moment. Let's take back the now. And let's give it to the kingdom of God. Every moment, every choice for Christ. <laughs>